Dynasty Blueprint with Matt Williamson and Ryan McDowell. Welcome into another edition of the Dynasty Blueprint. I'm your host, Ryan McDowell, joined as always by Matt Williamson. Matt, how are you doing today? I'm great. Yesterday I was actually under the weather and sniffly and coughing and bad throat. And today all I've been doing is talking on the air, so I guess I'm back. That's a good combination. It's definitely going around. I think everybody's ready for uh, warmer weather and and in our world, warmer weather means free agency and more draft talk and things like that. So we're definitely ready yeah. for that. Uh, we've got the combine that's now what I guess uh, about three weeks away. I think that's right. Two to three weeks. Two or three weeks away. Yeah, I'll be there. I'm not sure if I told you that, but I'm no, going, no. Yeah, I'm driving there Monday of the combine week, which is a little early. Doing shows Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Driving home. It's about a six-hour ride from Pittsburgh to Indy. So I'm excited about it. It's good stuff, yeah. Yeah, that'll be fun. Uh, soon after, I guess two weeks after the Combine, is free agency in the new league year in mid-March when things really get crazy. We They got a little crazy today, I guess. We had a little a little preview or a little hint with the A.J. McCarron news. Maybe, maybe we're just desperate for news in February. I don't know that this ends up having a big impact. Any any thoughts on McCarron? Well, I would like you to enlighten me. I didn't see the news. Did, it, did we get a ruling on if he's a free agent or not? We did get a ruling, and he is a free agent. He won his he won his case, so he is an unrestricted free agent. Uh, I I think the uh, it, it's definitely fair to assume or presume that he will not be back in Cincinnati. Um, yes. So obviously, all everybody wants to point to Cleveland based on their earlier interest, and and that's understandable. Just just with all the uh, salary cap space they have, I don't know. I don't know if that makes sense. Uh, See, that one does to me. Like immediately, that came to mind was okay. Hugh Jackson will get his dude that he was in Cincinnati with and supposedly tried to trade for. But that's not enough. You know, like it's almost they have what a hundred million or something to spend in the right. cap. It's almost hard to spend that. There's just not enough good players out there to get to that number. Yeah, so I they, mean, they almost have to get they ha- almost have to get cousins or bell. Or and I'm not sure I'm, both of them. I'm not gonna speak to what the defensive side of, of the ball looks like in free agency. Maybe there's a, a couple big names out there. Nothing uh, like that though. Right. Right. But they almost have to get one of those guys or they're going to have to massively overpay, which is probably going to end up being the case. Yeah. And maybe they would massively overpay for McCarron, but I would sort of condone it. If you look at it this way is our plan is give McCarron better than Glennon money a year ago. You know, I mean, starter money, but not obviously what Alex Smith just got or Cousins or Jimmy or any of those type of guys, obviously. And you go into, and then you still use the first overall pick on your favorite quarterback. Or you take Barkley one and take your take a quarterback at four. Either way, you plan on adding Darnold, Rosen, one of those type of guys. And then you go into the season with McCarron, your rookie quarterback of choice, and Kaiser. That's not so bad. I mean, I got to think between the three of them, especially the top two, you may have actually solved the quarterback dilemma that has haunted this team since before I was there a million years ago. And it really wouldn't even eat that much of your cap. Yeah. I mean, like I said, Cleveland is the, the obvious um, connection to draw there based on what we saw uh, back around the trade deadline. So we'll see what happens there. I, I did already see a, a rumor or a report that they would, they would at least ho- hope to go, uh, exactly what you're mentioning, sign McCarron, draft mm-hmm. Darnold, and, and go with that. If that happens, which I, I do think is pretty realistic, if that happens, I at least hope they they trade Kaiser. Yeah, I agree. You know, I mean, I know he's not there anymore, but Bruce Arians in, in Arizona or a team like that, I would think would give you a fourth or a third for Kaiser still, don't you think? If you liked them a lot just a year ago. Yeah. Something back, right. Yeah, fourth, fourth or fifth, whatever. Every team is going to know that Cleveland's not in in position to demand too much. Uh, but at the same time, Kaiser's pretty cheap to, to keep on the roster if they just want to 
punish the kid uh, and, and hold him as their third string. <laughs> right. Uh, they basically punished him his entire rookie season in a different way. But they have Kessler, who just screams back up, and right. they liked him at one point, too. So you're not going to go to camp with all four. So maybe you would get something for Kaiser, and I bet he'd love to get out of there. Yeah, I hope I hope he does. Matt, today we're going to answer some listener questions, and we've got a uh, a big variety, uh, some draft talk, some free agency talk, uh, strategy, uh, dynasty strategy, and really everything in between. I think, Matt, we got the most questions uh, that we've ever had for this uh, this type wow. of show. We usually don't get to answer them all. And uh, we've started with uh, a few minutes of Browns talk. I don't know if that's the right way to start the show, but we'll, we'll answer as many as we can. Maybe we'll kind of go more rapid fire this time. Yeah. Maybe that's of, the way to go. Instead of some deeper conversations. First question. Wait, I got a rapid fire one for you. I'm sorry. I had to interrupt. Okay. Of course, as right. usual. Two quarterback leagues. Are you giving a third round pick for Kaiser then hoping he ends up somewhere else? Or something for him, or get him as a throw-in, or kind of target him a little bit. I'd probably give a third, I guess. I mean, this this draft class is is super deep, uh, especially at running back and quarterback. You're probably not getting one of those uh, big-name rookie quarterbacks in the third round. So I, I would not give a second. I would sell okay. for a second, and I do have him in a few super flex leagues. Uh, a third is – yeah, I'd probably buy for a third. That's pretty close. Mm-hmm. I mean, Just like, to- if I were the Steelers, I wouldn't mind having Kaiser as my maybe heir apparent or the Chargers. You know, some haven't sit for a year or two. I, I mean, we, we know what he did from a fantasy football perspective. He had, I think he had four or five, maybe even six quarterback one games fantasy-wise. But we also understand from a football perspective only how, he how bad zero. he was for most of the season. So taking fantasy completely away from it. It, it with your, with your scouts eye, did he show enough to earn another job or even, even a roster spot on, on another team? See, I liked him a lot more than a lot of people did coming out. Uh, you know, I, I was a fan of him coming out of Notre Dame. And I also really, I don't mean to not place blame on him because he was bad and really bad in the red zone and forcing interceptions and in tight, but I thought Hugh Jackson did a tremendously poor job with him. You know, that no RPOs or easy throws. I mean, they're all long developing things that veteran quarterbacks have a hard time executing, let alone a rookie that didn't have receivers for much of the year. I I thought they did him no favors. Yeah, I I totally agree. All right, let's get into our question. First one from Jaden. Hey, guys, love the show. Thank you, Jaden. 12-team, half PPR, two-quarterback league. He's got Garoppolo, Dak, and Deshaun Watson. Uh, He needs some stronger running backs and wide receivers. Trade Watson for Luck and Hilton in a two-quarterback league. So Watson has uh, increased value. We could even say first-round startup value at least. Some people would probably argue even top five or six overall. Uh, value in that format luck of course we know what's happening to his value and it's not good Uh, and same thing for hilton partially as a result of luck's absence um matt i don't i don't think you play in in any two quarterback leagues do you i don't but i'm leaning towards yes on this deal and my thoughts are and my question to you is watson worth that much more than luck right now in a startup in this format But I'm thinking about it from this guy's perspective, saying if luck never plays again, which I don't think is going to happen, but it could, it doesn't kill your team. At least you have guys to fall back on. If he comes back, I think you win the deal. Yeah, if he comes back, you probably do win the deal. I I would just have a hard time buying damaged goods, basically, for, Mm -hmm. in this format, one of the one of the top players in in the league, maybe even uh, I've seen plenty of people argue that Watson should be the quarterback one in dynasty. And if that's the case, then uh, he, he's probably the top overall player in this format. I, I don't know if I'm ready to go that far, but he's, he's up there. He's also coming off an injury and has a terrible offensive line. <laughs> that's true. It's, <laughs> you know, we'd like to, to remember all the good things about, uh, <laughs> right. about Watson and, and even uh, Carson Wentz, who of course also has the injury. Honestly, I would, I would probably just keep Watson. If you need 
some wide receivers or running backs. I'm using those picks, especially with running backs. Uh, any picks you have, I'm sorry. Using those for running backs this year, another strong class, as we all know. And then just building some depth at wide receiver, aiming a little lower than than even guys like Hilton would probably be my play and, and keep that uh, advantage, huge advantage you have at the quarterback spot. Next question from Thad. How do you approach drafting running backs in a startup given the infusion of young talent at the position? So, Matt, just a couple of years ago, or, or really throughout the past three, four, five years, you and I have both built dynasty teams in a similar fashion around young players, around wide receivers. And, and we've had bits of conversation on here that – uh, admitting that both of us is are, are ready to change that strategy due to the, just like Thad said, the infusion of young talent. And two or three years ago, we just didn't, we just didn't have many talented running backs in the league, let alone young running backs. And we know, we know what has come the past uh, two to three years and including this incoming crop with Barkley and Geis and, and a lot of depth after those guys. So are, are you on board? Are you taking running backs early in the draft? Would you would you even hesitate to take a running back in the first round? No, I wouldn't hesitate at all. And all the mocks and, you know, quickly things we've done on here, I always end up with a ton of running backs. My tune's 100% changed on this. And, <clears throat> excuse me, I just wrote an article for a draft magazine last night basically saying your team, and this isn't fantasy related, your team shouldn't be, avoiding Barkley because running backs are, you know, you can get them anywhere. And, and so I went to drafthistory.com and I pulled up all the running backs that have been drafted. And when I started playing fantasy was really, you know, three, four years ago, dynasty, I mean. And and the 2014 running back class, Sankey, Hill, Hyde, Charles mm-hmm. Sims, Trey Mason, Terrence West were the first guys drafted that year. The year before that was Gio Bernard, Again, no first-rounders. Lev Bell, who's awesome, but took a while. He's kind of changed himself since he's been in the league. Monte Ball, Eddie Lacy, Christian Michael, Niles Davis, Jonathan Franklin. You know, so there wasn't good running backs coming into the league those two years. And even the year before was Trent Richardson was third overall, but he busted. And David Wilson was a first-round pick. And, uh, you know, Isaiah Pede and Michael, Michael James and Ronnie Hillman. I mean, these are highly drafted guys that weren't good players. I really just, I don't know. I wonder if that has to do with. I have no reason for it. With the college game. I wonder if that, that has changed. I, I, I watch a lot of college football. I don't know that I could diagnose any differences there than what we saw five or 10 years ago or three or four years ago, I guess I should say. Uh, I did look back at some some of our ADP over at DLF. So two years ago, February of 2016, there was one running back in the top 12. So one first-round running back. In the first two rounds total, there were three running backs, and there were six running backs in the top three rounds. So out of the top 36 players, you had six running backs uh, currently, we, our ADP was actually just released, uh, Matt, right before we started this show. Oh, cool. There are seven running backs in the first round currently. So two years later, there are more more running backs in the first round than there were in the top 36 overall two years ago. And if you stretch it out right now to that 36 number, uh, almost half of them are running backs, 15, 15 out of 36 are currently running backs and so many in that, that rookie class of 2017, we've got uh, a couple more at least coming in that people are going to value immediately as top 10 to 12 running backs. So to, to give Thad a long answer, really no hesitation to draft running backs. I still like the idea of building around wide receivers, uh, especially those, those top wide receivers. I think uh, the top tier, at that position is shrinking while we see the running backs expand. So I don't, I don't mind the idea of taking um, a wide receiver, you know, in the first round running back in the second, I don't think you have to take running back uh, your first, first pick or your first two picks or anything like that. Just, we're just going to see some more balance uh, to draft strategies in general. 
Yeah, I have one more note on that, and then I want to tell everyone about one of our sponsors that I'm really high on and really get a, a kick out of, too. Talking about running backs, I think one thing has changed pretty drastically at the NFL level, really just the last handful of years or maybe even less, is absolute value of running backs in the passing game. Like Christian McCaffrey is a perfect example. Like I don't think Carolina is unhappy with drafting Christian McCaffrey, even though he has done very little as a runner. You know, that because playing quarterback is so hard in this league, I think coordinators have realized our best matchups, our easiest throws are running backs that make a difference. Now, that doesn't explain when that Bishop Sankey and Trey Mason and those two years of really bad running backs, but I do think it's very, very important now. Um, Any more thoughts on that before I tell us about our buddies at Wink? No, I I think that's well said, and... Uh, I, I really am just excited to see how Barkley and Geis and again, the, these others, there's, that's not to discount Ronald Jones and uh, Sonny Michelle and, and so many others. I, I'm just excited to see how the continued influx of young running backs uh, affects really the, the landscape of dynasty football and the NFL overall. Now, 2019 looks like it'll shift back the other way, sure. back to the wide receiver position. Running back looks pretty thin. Of course, we're we're over a year out from that point, so things uh, things could change certainly. With all the spread, I think being a scout at the NFL level, it's harder to evaluate wide receivers now than it was a couple of years ago. But that, that's a different topic for another day. I mean, we we haven't pumped out great receivers coming to the league, at least compared to the running backs. However. A great product that I really, really recommend to you guys is Wink, W-I-N-C. In Pennsylvania, it's kind of an odd situation. I know most of you can get wine anywhere, but there's only state stores here. There's liquor stores only. And I walk in there, and I know I like wine. I like red. I like dry. But I don't really know. You know, there's I, I walk over to that wall, and there's a million bottles in front of me, and I have no idea what to pick, so I just grab something on sale, and I don't know what the heck I'm doing. But I'd always like to learn more. And I don't even know if I'm picking the stuff that I would like most. And that's what's really cool about this product, Wink. Like I said, it's W-I-N-C. Wink makes it very easy to discover great wine. Because wine, because Wink's wine experts, selects, they select wines matched exactly to your specific taste, personalized for you, and they're shipped right to your door. And it starts at only 13 bucks a bottle, which is awesome. There's nothing like coming home to a box of delicious Wink wine selected just for you. It's the best day of your month. Just fill out Wink's palate profile quiz. Um, You'll answer all these simple questions that your average store clerk certainly wouldn't know or be able to ask you or isn't educated enough. And they're really cool questions like, how much salt do you put on your food? How do you feel about blueberries? Do you like this one or this one better? And they'll give you two different foods. How do you take your coffee? You know, things like that. They come out. And, and figure out exactly what your palate is. And then Wink sends you wines that are exactly selected to your specific taste. The more wines you rate and you interact with Wink from that point on, the more personalized your your monthly your selections become. And each month there's new delicious wines. Right now there's one called Summer Water Rose that I guess everyone's all a flutter about. Um, there's no membership fees. You can skip any month you want. Cancel anytime, so you have no reason not to do this if you're a wine drinker. Shipping is covered, which is incredible. It's a heavy item. And if you don't like a bottle they send you, they'll replace it with a bottle you'll love. Zero questions asked. Discover great wine today. Go to trywink.com slash dynastyblueprint. All one word, dynastyblueprint. And you'll get 20 bucks off your first shipment. That's trywink, T-R-Y-W-I-N-C dot com slash dynastyblueprint. All caps, all one word, 20 bucks off, trywink.com slash Dynasty Blueprint. Matt, our next question comes from Dynasty Football 24-7. We like that name. Nice. Uh, thoughts on Jordan Howard going into 2018. Nagy has has to help, and they should be upgrading wide receiver. Trubisky hopefully taking a step. Could he creep into the top five to eight range? So Howard's been the running back 10 and running back 14 in his first two seasons. Uh, he still kind of gets, uh, I don't want to say disrespected, but uh, I think it's fair to say he gets overlooked, especially after this rookie class that that we've already been talking about tonight. 
Um, he, he's kind of the forgotten man. In January, his ADP was 34 overall. In February, uh, again, that data that was just released, he dropped half a round. He's uh, uh, barely hanging on in, in that top 40 overall players. Uh, Howard's not really a guy I would I would love or that I would target in a in a new draft or really even an existing league, but I'm surprised to see him so low, barely in the top 40. What are your thoughts on Howard? Agreed. I mean, to me, he's a top 40 dynasty player because he's a high-quality runner of the football. And their, their offense right now, at least, they have a new offensive coordinator, which is huge, and a new head coach, which is huge. And, and they're going to be more of a Rams style, I think, of, uh, of offense going forward. But right now, the strength of their team is the interior run, guard to guard. They're going to run it a lot. It's a big, you know, they're a heavy defensive team. Make Trubisky's life easier. And he's a good running back. However, and honestly, I think he's a running back too for fantasy for the foreseeable future. And yeah, he had some down weeks, but game script really has to kill him for him not to factor in. And he's going to score touchdowns. But I think Cohen's the guy to buy here. I, I expect him to be used a lot more in a variety of ways because Howard just is not a good receiver. And we saw it with Gurley and the Rams. They're going to, this system is going to want a back to catch the ball. And I think Cohen's going to get a little spike. I like Cohen as well. And and I just hope, I just hope to see him on the field more. It it was frustrating to see his, uh, the skills and the talent he flashed and then to see him on the sideline so much last season. You say he's the player, he's the one to buy there. Who are you or what type of, I guess, what type of draft pick are you giving up? Any second rounder for Cohen? End of the second, yeah, I would. Late second. PPR we're talking, I assume? Sure. 2-8. Okay, so later later portion of the second round. I think once uh, once those picks are on the clock, I think you'll be able to get that. Again, deep draft, lots of running backs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had just wrapped up 10 rookie mock drafts. That ADP is also on DLF. And even into the late third and, and fourth round, I was getting – uh, drafting some players that that I was pretty happy with, and some of them even considered in the second round. Uh, so, yeah, I think that's probably a, a fair spot to to target as a buying point for uh, Trey Cohen. Cohen. Yeah, what are you giving up for Howard, or what are you asking for Howard? So he's a hard one to put a value on, though. He is. I mean, you can't sell for less than. A mid first, probably. I would say one six, one seven. Yeah. I, I, at the same time, I don't know that I would buy for that. Don't you think that some players just get this, just become viewed as boring? Right. Oh, absolutely. And he's the definition. Right. And because of that, it hurts their fantasy value. I think Doug Baldwin was that for years and years. And, and that's why it took him so long to to really gain value to match his production. We could even say Russell Wilson is is that at the quarterback position, though if you uh if you watch him play, he's not he's not a boring player to watch, but fantasy players, dynasty players rarely seem excited to get him on their roster in in most formats. So, I don't know, that's that's probably not fair, uh but I, I do think it's the case. I don't think it's smart as, as right. fantasy owners, but for the most part, we're in this to have fun. And when you put that sticker on the board or you make the pick or you add a guy to your team, you want to get excited about it, but I'm not sure that helps you make money. Yeah, that's true. That's, that's one of those biases. Uh, Adam Harstead talks a lot about uh, one of those that we need to overcome. Mm-hmm. Next question from Jason. Brandon Cook's value, his ADP is still high, but his perceived value seems much lower. Who are some running backs or wide receivers you would rather have uh, who might be even a tier or two below him? So before we start maybe getting into um, his value, I saw this poll from, uh, from my partner in crime, Curtis Patrick, my partner over at Dynasty Command Center. He put this poll out on Twitter the other day, and I was really surprised at the results. He's he's asking you to pick one of these four wide receivers. Cooks was one of them. Uh, Stefan Diggs, Amari Cooper, 
and Tyreek Hill. So first of all, who would you choose? Dynasty, just Dynasty PPR format. Hill, Diggs, Cooper, Cooks. Which one do you want, Matt? Wow. Uh, I'm sitting as you were spitting them off, I was hoping you'd say one. I'd be like, oh, that's an easy one. I'll take him. I think Hill's last because of PPR. How many catches is he going to get? Who? Edelman comes back. I don't think Crabtree will be there. I'm just saying random things off the top of my head as I look <laughs> at this list. I don't know. I think they're all pretty equal. I mean, I guess I'd take Cooper. Well, the the results, and he got a... a- a large amount of votes, a couple thousand votes, I think. Uh, and the results were pretty equal, but surprising to me. So Hill actually won the poll 31%. Okay. Diggs was close behind 29%. Amari Cooper, 28%. And Matt, if you're any good at math, you know, there's not much left. No, Brandon, right. Brandon cooks just 12%. So not only last of the group, but, uh, by by quite a quite a bit um away from even the third place guy cooper there so uh he doesn't stand out to me as the worst of the group I mean, right i was i was surprised by that as well jason mentioned his adp is still high he's correct his his adp places him uh as the 21st overall player uh he is looking at those names we just mentioned He's behind Cooper. He's behind Tyreek Hill. He's right in front of Stefan Diggs. So uh, Curtis definitely uh, posed a, a, a difficult question with those four mm-hmm. ranked and valued so closely. But uh, I was surprised at the gap. I think, again, Jason's spot on. His value, at least his trade value, is down. I'd probably just hang on to him at this point. Uh, or or maybe even buy low. If if his value is down that much, I'm still glad to have him on my roster. He's very young. He scores touchdowns. I mean, Brady's around another year or two. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if I could give you Cooper for Cooks and a nice pick or something, yeah, okay. So some of the players below him in our new ADP, uh, you can just tell me if you want any of these guys over Cooks. Uh, I mentioned Diggs is right below him. Uh, what about McCaffrey? Probably, but not by leaps and bounds. That's a coin flip, but probably. I think that's, I mean, that would be viewed as a fair trade. Cooks for McCaffrey. Melvin Gordon? No. Allen Robinson? No. Darius Geis? So you're talking Mm. 1.02? Yeah, it's. I I like Geis better than those other options you mentioned. So you're trading Cooks for the 102? Probably. Yeah. Okay. Corey Davis. No, but I like him. I think, yeah, I think we maybe just hit a, a tear drop there. Jarvis Landry. No. Yeah. Devonte Freeman. Nope. Yep. All right. Yeah. So cooks is 21 overall right now. Maybe very little difference between him and down to guys, Corey Davis, 26, 27. So still, still pretty much in that same range. Uh, yeah. if, if the value's not there, just hang on to him. Uh, next question from Tubaka. I love it. Nice. Who are some of the best backups to target late in a startup draft? Backup, uh, backup running backs to target late in a startup draft. Um, we already talked about Tariq Cohen. I don't know how late he's mm-hmm. going to go, but I would certainly target him in a startup draft or or any other league. Really, I am. I like the idea of of buying Gio Bernard cheap. Uh, I, I do expect Mixon to improve, but uh, I, I thought, I thought Bernard was impressive when he was on the field this, this season and his oh, value really strong. Yeah. His value is really not there. It, it's basically the same as it was since they drafted Mixon, which is in the gutter. So you can, um, you can get Gio pretty cheap. What about the jets? What are you doing there? Uh, certainly they're going to have to add somebody. Forte is, um, Forte won't be back. Right. Forte is going to be a goner. And then they've got Bilal Powell and Elijah McGuire. Would you take a shot on McGuire at some point? If I'm the Jets, I'm addressing other things, using Powell a lot this year, and then finding my running back the future next year. The team I was going to bring up is the Bills. If they sign or draft, quote, a backup for Shady, 
I want him. Yeah, I think that that's a good point, especially on the the draft front. A lot of the right. a, a lot of the players that might be slotted in as as backups, as running back twos on their team, are going to be the these incoming rookies. And if any of them do lose value because of that, um, you know, if if Rashard Penny, somebody like that, somebody in that range, goes to the Bills and and falls to the late first or early second because he's shady's backup. Those, those are the ones to take advantage of. Mm -hmm. I have a couple names I came up with this guy. You're getting a lot. I'm getting a lot more feedback now that I don't think CJ Anderson will be back. So if you can do it now and pay for Booker and I don't love his game, but they seem to adore this guy. I think he's going to be their number one running back next year. Yeah. I've, I've seen that floated around. We did see the, the report earlier this week that Anderson is likely going to be a, a cap cut there. I, I think I'm probably on the other side and, and you, you might as well wait until Anderson is, is officially cut because then maybe the, the hype picks up a little bit more. But if this opens a selling window for Booker, if I can get any second rounder for him, I'm taking that. Oh, uh, I'd give you two, nine, two, 10 for him. Okay. All right. Yeah, we, we'll have a deal. So you yeah. think he's, you think he's worth the same as street Cohen then? Yeah, I mean, he's a different style. I sure. think he's a much better receiver than people realize. But he could be a number one on an NFL team, assuming they like him as a player more than you and I do. And I just think they do. Yeah. And maybe they draft Quentin Nelson and sign Kirk Cousins, and now we're talking. Next question from Brian. How do you play the off-season market? Are there different times in the off-season to make different kind of deals, pre- or post-NFL combine nfl draft etc uh great question um well, i think yeah i think first of all really almost the entire offseason is a good time to buy veterans everybody is g- going to become infatuated with with this new rookie class with the rookie class that we just saw in 2017 and they want to build their teams around uh, around those young players and we talk about it every other podcast and every site and every article talks about that, yet it still happens. You know, it's, we, we can't help ourselves. Um, but that, that does create value and a, a buying opportunity with those veterans. Uh, as far as uh, buying other, other assets, other pieces, um, I like packaging two or three players and this is, this is becoming more difficult to do as well to pull off, but I like packaging two or three players for an upgrade. Uh, and that, that can really be done anytime, but uh, if you're trying to buy that stud uh, and then, and then just buying picks uh, uh, we've already talked about the depth of the class a couple times. Uh, so buying second and third rounders, which hopefully you can package those up and turn those into first rounders or, or worst case you're taking advantage of that depth. Yeah, I think those are great ideas. Um, the one, the one thing I was thinking, especially this far away from the draft is if you're making a trade with somebody and you're at one ten, and he's at one seven, let's flip ones to make the deal happen. You know, like moving up a spot or two, the, it can really pay off when the draft rolls around and some owners out there don't recognize how steep it can be um, even, you know, and do it all the time, move from two ten to two six and okay, then we'll make the deal. You know, this little, every little baby step you can to creep up the draft board, I think is a, a good way of looking at it. And also free agencies strange to me because you kind of have to view the public feeling on them, you know, like Crowell, and Hyde and McKinnon and 10 other free agent to be running backs or Jarvis Landry and all these other free agents to be. Do I buy them now, not knowing where they're going, hoping they land in a, a great spot or do I dump them with, uh, with my trade partner thinking they might land in a good spot or when they do perceivably even better when they perceivably land in a good spot, do I dump them then when maybe their value spikes? Like Landry comes to mind because is he really going to catch more balls than he did in Miami? It's almost impossible to do. He averaged exactly 100 receptions over the last three years. And almost every receiver that changes teams, their value goes down. Yeah, I, th- I think another 
way to take advantage of this is just to really stay on top of the depth charts. I, I tweeted something out uh, earlier this week about the current running back depth charts uh, with some gaps, some unknowns at several different positions. You've got the Patriots, Jets, Steelers, Browns, Colts, uh, who else? Redskins, Giants, Lions, Tampa Bay, Seattle, and San Francisco. That many teams. What? That's nearly a dozen teams need a running back one. And then you also have Houston, Oakland, Denver, and Carolina who are rumored to part ways with their starter, Miller, Lynch, Anderson, and Stewart. Um, so there's there's a lot of gaps to fill there. So when you talk about a guy like Crowell, um, a guy like even Frank Gore, you know, we're, we're just right. done with Frank Gore. He's a free agent. There's a lot of open jobs. And, and even with the, uh, so many running backs coming in in this rookie class, Frank Gore can probably find a job if he wants one. So I'm not going to go out and trade really target Frank Gore, but a, a guy higher on that list like Crowell, if you can buy him cheap with the understanding, he's probably going to get a starting job only because of the volume of, of available jobs and of, uh, or of openings, I should say. Um, or he's an injury away from a starting job. In week 10, he's the clear-cut guy, or you know? Right. And one other note I wanted to make just about the offseason, and this takes a little bit of in-depth, is when people are signing deals, go see how much it's for. Because if the NFL is giving these guys big money, they view them big. If it, if it just is a one-year deal, prove it. You know, people get all excited. Oh, he's going to a great situation. Yeah, but they didn't give him much money. So maybe they don't like him as much as you think. Yeah, well, Glennon, we already talked about Glennon. He's he's the example of that. He got mm. the big contract. It it looked big uh, when it was reported, but it was basically a one-year deal, and now they're likely going to cut him. Right, and the second they signed him, they probably thought, we're going to draft the guy in the top five. Right. Next question from Michael. I'm going to let you handle this one, Matthew. Mm. Is the offensive line the biggest reason for Mixon's struggles as a rookie? If I have to say yes or no, I'd say yes. Because um, I thought he flashed as a receiver. I liked what I saw with him in his ball when, when the ball was in his hands. I think there's a ton of ability there. So, yeah, I'm just going to make it a short answer. Yeah, I do think so. I think I agree. I, I, I'm not the scout that you are or, or I, don't, I don't have a great understanding of offensive line play, but if we assume that's true, the concern is, can they fix that in one off season? Um, if not, then no, but you got to think it gets better. I, I mean, I, maybe not. I mean, yeah. I hope so. Yeah. Uh, Michael also wondered if he should be still ranked with the top uh, 2017 rookie running backs for net hunt, Kamara and so on. Uh, he's probably at the bottom of the list at this point for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in in that class, I don't think that's an insult. Um, no, right, right. He's still he's, a big asset. Right. He's still, at least in the running, to be a top top 12 running back probably in Dynasty. And it, it wouldn't take much for him to be in the big-time conversation either. I mean, right. yeah, I mean, our tune may be very different on him a year from now. Next question from Colin. What's the value for the Green Bay running backs? Ooh, I'm glad he talked this. I want, I'm excited about this one. I had to look. I looked up their ADP um, because it's just kind of a, a, a really just a mess right now, right? They have they have three guys. Mm, that, I disagree. Okay. <laughs> they have three guys that are valued fairly similarly. We saw Williams kind of take control of that backfield with the injuries to the other guys. Um Aaron Jones is the top drafted uh, Green Bay running back right now. 99 overall is his ADP. Ty Montgomery, who has been rumored to maybe move back to wide receiver, which is something you've kind of speculated on uh, earlier, even before the season ended, uh, 122. And then Jamal Williams is 132. So I'm probably just avoiding those altogether but I think you have a different take, it sounds like. Well, the reason that I think Montgomery to receiver makes sense is they're either going to have to restructure or cut Nelson and Cobb. 
you know, that those right. guys are expensive and they're not living up to the money. So there's going to be something that happens here. It doesn't mean those two are going to go away, but I bet one of the two is gone. I doubt they both restructure and take a lot less. I think Montgomery can do the Cobb role well. I also think he could be the burner outside the numbers. All that being said, Devontae Adams is the number one receiver there, and it isn't even close. But I think they're happy enough with their running backs, the guys they drafted last year, to make that move happen, to make Montgomery a, a wide out. And to me, I like Jamal Williams, but of all the dynasty guys out there right now, I think Aaron Jones might be my number one buy. I, I think he's much better than Williams, and that offense will be much better than it was last year. I'm, I'm going out on a limb, but I think right the second is the lowest Jones's value will be in the next three, four years. All right, um, I'm gonna. I, I know. I know Jones has a lot of fans. It seems like almost everybody at this point prefers him to the others uh, without considering draft or trade cost. Um, I, I'll ask the same question I did with Cohen. He's, he's your number one buy of the off season. What are you giving up? Are you giving up a late first for Aaron Jones? I'll give up one ten right now. Okay. And well, you know, the rookie class better than I do. So I, I I've been known to get a little too aggressive this time of year before I really know the guys. But he's only, I mean, he's only been a year one year. It's not like you're yeah, buying an old yeah, dude, yeah. you know. Yeah, I mean, I guess I'd like to structure it differently, but I'm getting Aaron Jones. I think if you offer 110, you'll get him in. Oh, I think you get him, yeah. Almost every league. Yeah, and I don't think you would able ever be able to do that a year from now, is my point. So are you, if you're if you're building a team, whether a new draft or or just – whatever the situation are you trying to get Williams as well do you do you want to cover yourself that way or or are you just putting it all on Jones and don't want to bother with Williams if it works out but I'm not going out of my way to do it okay next question from K White terrific that's that can't be Kevin White must be somebody else um (laughs) He says, what is the minimum you would expect accept for Julio Jones, Le'Veon Bell, AJ Green, Mike Evans, listing some of the top players, uh, top players in the game. Bell, Mike Evans, both mid first rounders in startup. <clears throat> Jones and uh, Jones and Green have uh, fallen off just a little bit, both uh, still firmly second rounders in a startup draft. So Jones, Bell, Green, and Evans, do you consider all of those guys sells, first of all? No. I think Evans is a little unlike the others. Right. And I think Bell is a little unlike the others because I think Bell is very much a sell. I mean, I just said that Jones is maybe my number one buying league, one sell. Do you, insider information here, do you still expect him back in Pittsburgh? Yes, and I know their term deal. To me, that would be the worst option. That I, I don't think that makes sense at all. I, I think he gets friend done. I think he gets franchised, gets run in the ground again, and is sent on his way. I just don't think he looks as good as he did last year. That's my big worry here. Yeah, I've got a, I've got a few shares. So great. Of Lev Bell, you have me worried. Uh, the minimum. I, I mean, all of these guys are are still big time values. I've, I've talked on here that if I have Jones or green, I'm trying to pivot down to a younger wide receiver. Obviously that's, we already said that's the play that everybody's going to try to try to make this off season. But uh, if you can take advantage of name value and get Devonte Adams, um, I don't think Michael Thomas is, is still an option. I think that's that no. ship has sailed. Um if you're rebuilding Corey Davis. Right. So so now we're down to the guys we were talking about earlier. Cooper, Hill, Cooks, Diggs. Maybe you get one of those guys and a and a second rounder or a, a, another a, another lesser piece. That those are probably probably the kind of deals you're looking at with Jones and Green at this point. Bell, same type of idea. Move down to one of these rookies from the 2017 class. Uh, if you, you can't get Barkley, you can't get Barkley for him. 
for any of those guys. Well, no, not for, yeah, right. Not for any of those, but not for Bell uh, specifically. So uh, if you're thinking rookies or picks, it becomes Bell versus Geis. I still want more than Geis. Uh, I do too. And you should be able to get that. Right. So 1.2 plus something. Uh, And then Mike Evans, I'm just not selling. I know, I know some people are are worried uh, efficiency wise and, He's not going to see the volume that he saw two years ago or two or three years ago. Uh, I'm I'm still a believer and I'm still hanging on. If, if his value is dropped, I'm I'm a buyer, not a seller. Right, and like Evans to me, if if it's a startup, is clearly my pick there. If all right. four of them are on the board, right? Right, I mean, that's an easy one. Yeah, and I Bell agree. would be last for me actually. Yeah, I think probably for me as well. Hey, it took me a while, but I just made a deal for. Aaron Jones about two weeks ago. And I just went, since we had, we were just talking about that. Yeah, really what was it? You're going to love it. But I traded Devontae Parker for Aaron Jones and Marcus Mariota. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I do love that. I'm, <laughs> I'm out on Parker. I was concerned right. a year ago. I traded to him for the 1.06, uh, which ended up, I think being Mike Williams. Uh, and, and no, still don't even have any, hesitation or, or regrets about that move. So yeah, I like this one. I, I like buying, buying low on Mariota, buying low on Winston. I'm on board with that move. Uh, so yeah, I, I like that deal for you. And it wasn't like it was an underhanded move by me, but I sold it along the lines of, <laughs> Hey, Landry's not going to be back. Parker's going to get more targets. I just don't know that he's capable of doing what he should with those targets. Did you attach that with your trade offer though? Were you that? No, guy? we went back. Okay. And, no, no, okay. No. Okay. Okay. But Just we went back because sure. he asked about Parker. Yeah, I was rebuilding and that was one of my younger guys. He's like, I really like Parker. I'm like, well, I like him too. Cause he's going to be getting more targets. I just wanted to yeah. see if this was going to be the last episode of dynasty. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so smart. I used to be a scout. You may not know Jarvis Landry was. A <laughs> All you know, right. You know what I am smart about though? Let's tell Uh-oh. more tell people about Harry's. We're getting sponsors left and right. Harry's have been with us for a while. They've been really good to us. I've mentioned to you many times that we've done other pod. I've done other podcasts in the past that Harry sponsored and they totally hooked me years ago. So every day I shave with Harry's, I have really sensitive skin and that's why I got away from blades and I went to electric and then Harry's came along and boom, I am back. So as is the case with myself, 3 million guys have switched over to Harry's right now because it's such a great shave at a fair price. Um, there's two ordinary dudes named Jeff and Andy who are really fed up with the whole market, getting charged an arm and leg for razor blades. So they just started Harry's to fix shaving. Uh, Harry stripped out the unnecessary features, all the nonsense you see with some of these things like you know heating blades and a bazillion lubricating strips and all those things, and therefore the unnecessary costs to deliver customers with one perfect razor at an amazing price. A good shave comes down to good blades because Harry owns the factory. They're able to deliver amazing quality blades for just $2 a blade compared to the $4 or more you you pay at your local store. All products are backed by 100% quality guarantee. Harry's is so confident you're going to love their blades. They'll give you their trial shave set for free when you sign up at harrys.com slash dynasty. That's Dynasty, all caps. I'm not sure if that matters or not, but do it anyway just to be safe. So this is what you do. You you claim your free trial offer from Harry's today to $13 value. All you do is pay for shipping with just a couple of bucks. You get a weighted ergonomic razor handle, five precision blades with lubricating strip and a trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel that smells great, and a travel blade cover. To get your free trial set, go to harrys.com slash dynasty right now. That's harrys.com slash dynasty. All right, Matt, let's pick up the pace. We'll try to get to, we'll try to get to the rest of these questions. John says, how do you value players that had a down year such as Crowder or Pryor? And also how do you value players coming off injuries from the previous year, like Edelman and Meredith? Uh, I think you can still, I still buy low on, on those injured players, especially guys like Meredith who missed the entire year, even though, we're now into the off season. I think there's still some discount to be had there. Um, I'm, I'm glad to buy Crowder still. I don't think uh, even though he's going to have some quarterback questions. Oh, Alex um, Smith's going to like throwing short passes to Crowder. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. That's true. Um, I, that may not 
may not be considered a, a downgrade from yeah, maybe not for him. Ju- yeah. Just for him at least. Uh, Crowder. I don't know if he fits that. I don't, I don't know if he just had a down year or if he's just not as good as we thought he was. Um, so Crowder's, like his stock isn't super low right now, is it? Uh, I'm sorry. I, I mean, his stock hasn't dropped dramatically, right? Crowder. No, no. Right. Crowder's still up there. Prior is who I meant to say there. Uh yeah, Pryor's the one. I don't know if he had a bad year or if he's just not that good. Uh, he's he's a free agent again. He had to settle for a one year de- one year deal last year. Uh, reportedly, didn't have very many suitors, and can't think that's going to change. Already, some rumors he'll go back to Cleveland. Uh, mm-hmm. We'll see how that plays out. I mean, if he's on the waiver wire, I'm probably going to grab him, uh, but I'm I'm not paying anything in. for him. Right. Yeah. There's a lot of ability there. Right. Uh, Charles, this one, this one's more for you as well, Matt. Charles says, is there any valid reason outside of quote unquote established one quarterback leagues to not play the super flex format? So I love playing super flex leagues, the kitchen sink leagues, and, and some of my others are super flex and they're my favorite leagues. And I wonder why you haven't taken that leap yet. That's a good question. Uh, I guess more laziness and just distracted. And <laughs> I haven't got a great offer that I jumped on for a league. And I, I kind of made it a point over the last year or so not to join any more leagues because I feel like I wasn't putting enough effort into the ones I was in. Yeah. So, you know, I, I felt like I was spread through thin, but I'm interested. I mean, uh, you know better than I would. Do you think you, if you were starting, if you could only be in one league, would it be Superflex? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Definitely. Uh, I do think it's really cool that quarterbacks, because the real world quarterbacks are so important that they're more important in such a league. To me, that's more realistic. Right. All right. Well, we will wrap it up there. Thanks again to all of our uh, listeners and all the questions that were submitted. Uh, We'll be back next week with more Dynasty Blueprint.